All-Ireland final in 2018. Watched it in Cook Park and I thought I was going to throw up. Like, it just, it was a horrible feeling. You wanted to win, but you just felt like, oh my God, if, if they do win, they haven't been there. Like, is it worth it being over here? Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. I'm delighted to have Martin Lipton on the line this morning with us as well. Morning, Martin. Good morning. Uh, so I won the defeat for, for Spurs last night uh, to AC Milan in the first leg of their Champions League knockout game. I mean, all the way to the final in 2019, Martin, and there were plenty of comebacks in that in that uh, run as well, so you just have to do it all again. Yeah, I mean, they were very ordinary last night. I thought they, until the last 10 minutes, they were probably worth a draw. In the end, they got away with a 1-0 defeat. Um, the lack of conviction about the performance was clear from start to finish. Poor goal to concede. Oh, Foster was a bit unlucky, actually, because he made a great uh, double save, actually. But they weren't very good. And over the 90 minutes, they got away with it. Seems like a very basic thing to say when you're away from home in a, in a first leg of a Champions League knockout game. Keep it tight for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes. Don't concede. Well, but like, yeah. they, they, like they, they, they threw that rule out the, out the book straight away. It was a disappointing goal to concede. It, it was. It was a poor goal. I mean, the good thing was that they actually then were the better team, I think, for the rest of that half. They, without ever, I don't think, looking like scoring. Um, and that's a credit to particularly the two young boys in midfield in Skip and, and Saar, because there was a huge expectation or huge responsibility on them in a game that they'd not played uh, a match of that stature before. And I thought they did very, very well. Saar in particular looks a real player. Um but overall, the performance was, was was poor. Romero hasn't played well all season when he's worn a white shirt. He's looked, he's looked quite good in blue and white stripes. Um, less good in his first shirt. He hasn't. And again, he was asleep at the start for the first goal, then out jumped. Uh, Dyer should have maybe got a bit closer to stop the initial shot, but the deflection led to the goal. And but if you look at it, there was a free man at the back post as well. They really weren't weren't great. I think Perisic struggled. To, to impact on the game, uh, and, and I said genuinely and generally they were they were pretty lucky to get away with a one nil. Hey, you look at that team, like you mentioned that the, the young lads in the middle of that pitch, like Bentancur injured and Hoybier suspended as well. Uh, Saar in particular, we should touch on Martin because what is he twenty years of age? It was only his sixth appearance for Spurs in any competition, so to be thrust into a game at the San Siro like that and, and do as well as he did was was quite the achievement. Yeah, I mean, physically, he's pretty impressive, isn't he? He's athletic, he's powerful. Uh, he looks like he can he can think his way through a game. He, just, he looks like a smart boy. That extra year he had in France, playing now and again uh, in Serie A, so in Liga, and probably helped him. If he just played in the reserves at Spurs, um, it would have been a problem for him. I think, clearly, there's a football player there, uh, and he's still a very young boy. Skip has been around the scene a bit longer. But it was still a big, a big test and a big ask of them both. And I think that, that those were the two that passed. The others uh, probably failed, in truth. There have been too many false dawns when it comes to midfielders for Tottenham going on oh, probably a decade at this stage. I was just thinking back, the first game I ever commentated on for Off the Ball was a North London derby. Thomas Rzyski scored after about 10 seconds. And I was looking in midfield that day were Nabil Bentaleb and Sandro. And then... Ryan Mason came in very quickly and thought maybe Mason and Bentaleb will be the future for the next 10 years and then Dembele came in and always felt like he was on the cusp of greatness there's been a, a kind of 18 month every 18 months a constant change in central midfielders and just seems like none of them have ever got to that real elite level when you look at, at Saar or maybe even Skip if you got to run a games do they have that sort of potential to become proper mainstays of a Tottenham midfield? 
well, with Spurs, you never know. I would say that Dembele for two years was probably the best midfielder in the Premier League. Uh, it was just, he, he became that too late in his career and then, then injuries started to take their toll and, and he, and he, he wasn't at that level for very long, but he was, he was excellent. Likewise, when they had, uh, Wanyama there for a while, he was, he was pretty decent. But you, I think that Saar could be a real player and he looks as though he might have more in his game, um, than Hoiberg. But it's very easy to say that after one match or two matches. Let's see where you are after after 30 or 40. Hoberg is, has actually been a very consistent performer for Spurs. If you remember, he, he's the reason they were playing last night against Milan with his goal in the last minute against Marseille. Otherwise, they'd have been playing in, an, in a different week. They'd have gone through, but in second place in the group. So they, Hoberg's the reason they got home advantage. They missed him badly yesterday because he gives them extra drive uh, on the ball and off it. Uh, so, it, But you would imagine that it will be him and, and Saar now for the rest of the season as the first two. Uh, and that gives you a, a guess, a, a bit of um, and athleticism and power as well as, uh, as, as as an experience. You've got that fusion. Uh, but it's far too early to expect Saar to be, you know, 8 out of 10 every game. He's, he's still a young boy. What did you make, uh, Martin, of, of Antonio, Antonio Cade's comments before the game? So, of course, the Leicester 4-1 defeat last weekend, very disappointing. And talked about his players sometimes failing to cope with pressure, which, which I mean, seemed quite pointed to come from a manager, but maybe that's what the Spurs players need at the moment. I think he's trying to think of what works. Let's do some shock therapy, because um, they were pitiful on on Saturday, having been so impressive the previous week against City. Uh, but then you look at the, game, the team that played against City, and it wasn't the team that played last night, because of, of a, a variety of factors. You know, no goalkeeper... And neither the two midfielders. So from having a full, a full, full strength squad, they suddenly got six players out um, from a, arguably one of the biggest matches of the season. So maybe he thought that one or two of them were feeling a bit sorry for themselves, and he wanted to sort of just spark a reaction. I think that 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 may have been it, or he just felt actually someone's got to tell the truth. But when it comes to it, too often they swallow. He's not wrong. It must be incredibly frustrating for him as much as he has to take some responsibility for it, that lack of consistency. And he's almost talking about his players there just sort of being mentally weak at times. They go on these runs of fixtures where they Kane and Son are firing a fun cylinders and then there's a, a massive setback. They, they've rarely had the run that, say, an Arsenal have gone on this season or a relentlessness of a Manchester City or a Liverpool. And maybe that's just down to pure quality, but it does seem to be down as well, he feels, to, to the character of the players, that they're, they're lacking that bit of drive to really get to that higher level. Well, a lot of these players were in the team that didn't lose a single home match in 16-17. Uh, so they weren't, they weren't that bad then. Um, I think genuinely, though, they've just been short. Um, they haven't been consistent. And far too often, I think, if you ask every Spurs fan, they'll tell you, Big match on Saturday. Bet we won't turn up, and lo and behold, they don't turn up. They, you know, their attitude is wrong. Uh, against Arsenal in both games this season, they didn't turn up. It's more often away from home, uh, except against Manchester City when they actually do play. There's the one team they think they can beat, and they play quite well against them. Even the game they lost this season, they should have won. Um, but against anybody else, you know, United this season, awful. Um, Liverpool first half, awful. Chelsea, very lucky. Arsenal, both games, awful. It's been a fairly consistent story this season, but not just this season. It is the history of Tottenham. It's mad, Martin, as well. You look at the Premier League table and, and they're only, what, two points off Newcastle, albeit with a, with a game more played. So for a season that, that hasn't exactly gone all to plan, 
they're still very much in the top four battle. And, and, and look, the game against West Ham at home this Sunday takes on quite significant meaning now. Yeah, win that, and they're potentially in a really good position, particularly they then play Chelsea before Newcastle play. If they were to win them both, they'd be above Newcastle, um, albeit with more games played. Big if, though, isn't it? Um, the truth is they haven't played well in more than a couple of games all season. Uh, yes, City, first half away, second half, and the whole game at home, and a couple of others, but they haven't played well. And yet, they're because of the quality of players, because they've got Harry Kane, if we're being honest, they're winning games. Now, at the moment, I thought Kane, Kane got an absolute battering yesterday. If you can explain to me how Simon Sher can whack Kane five times and not get a booking, and Dyer gets booking for his first foul, I don't understand, but there you go. Um, and that may be different in the home match. But I thought both Son and Kulisewski were poor. Uh, and Kane was on his own, effectively, yesterday for most of the game. And he, he can't keep on pulling them out of the fire. Martin, from watching not just Tottenham this season, but a lot of the teams, how big a factor do you think the World Cup is on a lot of the inconsistency that we're seeing? You talk about Christian Romero, and it does feel, I was saying earlier, it feels like he should be in that elite bracket of centre-halves, but then you watch him play, and there seemed to be a rashness to his play constantly. And Like last night, it was such a bad tackle in the second half, a silly tackle. Uh, Youngmin Son has been nowhere near the player. He just looks totally mentally drained. I know Kane has been able to step up, but... Do you feel that having a World Cup mid-season has taken more out of these players than than we're given credit for? I think it's taken a lot out of everyone because it ha- was such an unprecedented situation. The, Premier- the PFA were really worried about injuries in January for the players who went to the World Cup and the ones who didn't go to the World Cup because of the demands and stresses and strains on their bodies. And and there have been a lot of injuries, as we've seen. You know, Van Dijk's been out for, for Liverpool. He's just on his way back. Spurs have now lost... Uh, Bentanko and Basuma. No, Basuma didn't go to the World Cup. Bentanko did. Bentanko got injured at the World Cup. Bisharnison got injured at the World Cup. So Spurs have, have suffered from it in a lot of ways. But that's why you have a squad. I'm not going to have that as an excuse. And also, most of the top teams had a lot of players at the World Cup. So they're all in the same boat. It's just a question of whether or not your body holds up to the stresses and strains. And sometimes you get a run of bad at Arsenal have played effectively the whole the whole team. Also, you know, seven of them have started every game, but a lot of those players were involved. Um, part, you know, Party went to the World Cup. Saka went to the World Cup. Martinelli was in the squad. Gabriel Jesus would have been if he if you know, um, if it hadn't been for for his in, injuries, etc. So actually got injured in the World Cup. So, but they kept going. Ramsdale went to the World Cup. That yeah, that they have not shown um, any. A backlash to it they just kept on winning obviously it's a huge game tonight Arsenal Manchester City uh, it'll be built as maybe a, a decisive game in the Premier League season it reminds me a bit of was it Arsenal Leicester the year Leicester won it and Arsenal beat Leicester and we thought well that was the end of it uh, for Leicester but Leicester obviously came back does this feel decisive does this feel like a game Arsenal simply can't afford to lose I think if they lose and suddenly the five-point lead becomes no-point lead and second on goal difference, having dropped eight points out of nine, you'd wonder about their capacity to come back. Uh, a draw for Arsenal tonight is not a bad result, given that they played a game uh, a game fewer than, um, than City, so they could stretch the lead again. A defeat, I-, I do think it would have a huge impact on both teams, but particularly on Arsenal, because of that 
it's the you know the first time they've hit a really poor run of form at the worst possible time. City have will have absolutely taken advantage, and you look at that and think, it, City are going to win this, aren't they? Arsenal will get a result tonight with a, a draw or a win, and you think they're really in control of their own destiny. They do seem to be heading in two different directions, Martin. Maybe that's me reading too much into a couple of weeks, but. Uh, you'd, be, you'd be quite concerned with the nature of Arsenal's performances in the last couple of weeks, for sure. They were poor at Everton, and they weren't great against Brentford. And also, they've got this sort of sense of grievance, which might help over the decision on the, the Brentford equaliser. Mm. Though I, I did notice, I, I didn't rather, more importantly, notice Arteta saying, yeah, but actually, should have been a, a goal for Brentford in the first half, because that was never a foul by Mbwemo. But there you go. Uh, such is the way of the world. Um it depends how they react. And we won't know that until we see them on the pitch tonight. Are they going to uh, gird their loins, come again and fight? Or are they starting to think, uh, we've done really well, but it's just not meant to be? And you can sometimes see that in teams where they not necessarily give up the ghost, but start to lose the belief that they can they can achieve. And this will be the acid test of whether Arsenal really believe. Now, they could play really well and lose. That's possible. They are playing Man City. Uh, with, with or without Holland, they're playing the best football team in the division. But Arsenal have been the best side this season. And if they play to the standards they set until just a couple of weeks ago, and they're at home, they play like they did against United, Arsenal will win this game. If they play like they did against Brentford and Everton, they'll lose. I mean, that's that's the reality. But teams can find their form. And in the biggest games, you find out the biggest characters, don't you? Is there a way in which the, the financial charges levelled at Manchester City are going to potentially give them a, a kickstart for the rest of the season? I mean, there's nothing more than they'd love than a little bit of siege mentality potentially to, to kick them forward. We saw the massive banner unfurled last weekend at the Etihad against Villa, you know, in support of the lawyer, for example. They were booing the Premier League anthem before the game. So there is this siege mentality that, that Man City will have taken to the next level for the rest of the season, Martin. Yeah, there's nothing better in football than a cause, is there, sometimes? Um and if you look at the last time they were banned by UEFA, they won the next five matches, including at Real Madrid away. Uh, and then lockdown came and we, everyone forgot about it. Um, so history repeats itself and they're in a great position, City. They'll, they'll be four points clear. We will see very soon. Um, I still think that those two games between them, not just this one tonight, but also the one in April, will have a decisive bearing on it in the long term but City want to whatever happens City want to be able to say well we were the real champions we were the team that everyone knows was the best team and even if they take our title away everyone knows and I'm sure that'll be the discussion we want to show everyone that we're the best there's even problems there for, for Arsenal, like regardless of Erling Haaland whether or not he's fit you, you see someone like Julian Alvarez coming into that City team and and causing problems in his own right. So, regardless of, of what the problem is, you, you still have to contend with different types of, of scenarios. And, and Haaland's fitness, of course, he's important to that City team, but they have so many options and st- such strength and depth, Martin, that it's not, it's not a death knell to their title charges if, he, if he's not fit for, for a game or two. No, absolutely. Look, we know that City can play without a centre-forward. They did it for two years. Uh, and that pattern of play is ingrained into them. They know what to do. Uh, this season, arguably, they've been less... They've certainly been less less good on the eye, but they've had the cutting edge. And actually, maybe Holland needs a couple of weeks off. 
I don't know, it might be good for him to come back fresher because he was looking a bit more frustrated by actions in games recently. You know, the game of Spurs, when he didn't have a touch in the Tottenham box for the first time in a match. And he was running channels and getting nowhere. You could see the frustration. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's it's good. I, I, the key always is how De Bruyne plays. If he plays well, City win. Doesn't matter who the centre forward is, because he's just the most talented player in the Premier League and the best football player in the Premier League. And if he's on on his game, he'll find a way to win it for City. There's really no guarantee of that, though. And I think that's the one thing out of tonight that I think there's a mental challenge for Arsenal if they were to lose this, that actually it's not the end of the road. City, I I could be wrong, I just don't see them putting together that run of 10, 12 straight victories. They haven't shown that level of consistency. De Bruyne definitely hasn't shown that level of consistency. But you feel with Arsenal... They haven't in previous seasons until they did. Yeah, well, that that is the problem. They've done it and they have the track record of, of being able to do it. That's... For Arsenal, it is that fact of if you've dropped eight points out of nine, mm. does it suddenly become that collapse? Just the sense of foreboding around the place, and it becomes a, you know, another easy title for Manchester City. And what you do, maybe there at the back of Arteta's man, he was in the squad, albeit injured, in fifteen sixteen, when Arsenal were five points clear after half the games. Uh, everyone talks about Spurs losing the title. It was Arsenal who threw the title away. They only won seven of their last twenty matches that season. Yeah, it, look, it remains to be seen. Tonight's going to be the first step. <laughs> I, I mean, as you said, still have to play each other twice, so remains to be seen what's going to happen. But uh, Arteta versus Pep tonight will certainly uh, keep our attention. Martin Gritstone, as always, thanks a million. Right, take care. Bye bye. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.